Hey, friends. We're excited to be together. Are you ready to worship? Are you ready to hear from God's Word? We're so glad you've joined us. It's going to be a great morning. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. How could that be? For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold my feet I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I don't, do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. Listen to this. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. And then I love this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a lamp to my feet, a light to my fat path. So God's word gives us all the insight we need in life. It's like saying it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how educated you are, it doesn't matter how much you know or don't know, it doesn't even matter how long you have been a Christian, it doesn't matter if you have greater capacity than someone else to acquire knowledge. Why? Because we don't just read the word, we allow the word to read us. I have more insight than my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. How could someone say this? Where does this insight come? Notice he's not saying, I know more than my teachers. I mean, have you guys ever been like in a class and, you know, I remember taking, uh, I, I did a master's program and, and I remember this, this professor, I mean, he was just like brilliant. Brilliant. And I'm like, there's no way I can know as much as him. And that's probably true. But that's not what the scripture is saying here. It's not saying I know more than my teachers. He's saying that I have the insight. I have this great insight. You don't have to be brilliant to be wiser than even the smartest person. The difference is knowledge or insight. Because knowledge has to do with knowing. Insight has to do with applying. So even when you come here on a Sunday and you hear the word of God... You don't just walk away and say, oh, wow, I learned all this. It's like, oh, no, how can I apply this in my life? I'd rather be able to apply a few truths than recite a million. <laughs> it's not about knowing more. It's about applying and having the insight to what you already know. So as a parent, there's scriptures like, Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Do you know that I know a lot of parents that will, preach, will, will speak that verse, but they haven't done it? Oh, you know, the Bible says, if I train up my child the way they should go, they will not depart. Yeah? So how are you doing in that? Well, I know that verse says that. Or as a husband, it says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. Well, yes, I know that verse. But to do it... <laughs> That takes a lot of leading and help of the Holy Spirit. 
As a pastor, we're told as pastors, prepare God's people for works of service to build up the body of Christ. Or as a follower of Christ, listen to what it says, love the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength. Oh, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, none of us would dispute that. We would say, that's a great verse. But there's a difference between saying it's a great verse and knowing it and living it out, right? I mean, what about if that neighbor is not someone... What if it's a nasty neighbor? What if it's a nosy neighbor? What if it's an unfriendly, unkind neighbor? What if it's somebody that lives a different kind of lifestyle than you would approve of? Does that change the word? It makes it harder for us to do it, but we walk it out because we don't just read the word. We're allowing the word to read us and say, oh, man... You've got some growth there. You need to do something there. On the other hand, if we just know it, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. We can act like we got it all together. Oh, there have been so many times where I could look at someone else and I'm, I could easily size them up and judge. Can I be honest with you? You know, I know I'm a pastor, but listen, I'm also a human being. And there are times where I see someone and I make judgments about them. Oh, you know, they're probably like, you know. And then the Lord says, well, wait a second. You better take, there's something in your eye. And it's like a log sticking out. You know, you see that speck in their eye. I mean, you can't even tell, you can't even look at them rightly because you got this big old log in your eye. Oh, Jesus. Word, speak to me. Read me. Work in me. Help me. This is what the psalmist said in another portion. He says, I get this insight by meditating on God's word. Now, let's be clear. There's different kinds of meditation. Eastern meditation is about clearing your mind so that you can hear things. Biblical meditation is about allowing God to take what's in your head and really transform into your heart. Now, we don't just go into a room, light incense, cleanse ourselves of everything in our head, but instead we do what the psalmist said. David prayed this, Oh, Lord, your word I have hid in my, not my head, but my heart, so that I won't sin against you. It's not just about memorizing the Bible, knowing what it says. It's about allowing it to work in you and change you. And you know how that happens? That happens by God's Spirit. We're, we don't learn and do based upon how the world learns and do. We have the Holy Spirit who opens the gateway from our head to our heart. Biblical meditation is a conversation. It's communion with God. It's listening to Him. If you're reading the Bible with the intention of checking off a list, and listen, I know I've done that before. Oh, you know, I, this, today I've got to get in the Word, and I'm going to do it, I'm going to read it. Sometimes I'll like keep reading, and I'm like, what did I even read? But I got through it, right? No, it's about conversation. It's about communion. If you're reading the Bible just to do that, you miss the point. Openness to the Holy Spirit. There's a scene in the Gospels which I find so amazing. It's this encounter that Jesus has with the religious teachers, specifically the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees believed 
that they held strongly to Scripture, to the Torah, that they kept the law, that they did everything that was supposed to be done to the, to the jot and tittle. And they come into this conversation with Jesus, and they miss the whole point of who he is. They believe that they, were, they, were, they would come and challenge Jesus with things like healing people on the Sabbath. Do you remember when they did that? They said, you know, you're breaking the Sabbath. You're healing people on the Sabbath. Or they got upset with him because he and others were saying he was equal to God. They disputed the testimonies that people had, him, had about him being the Messiah. So they show up, and guess what they want to do? They want to teach Jesus a thing or two. Imagine that. They come, and here's the thing. If it was the time of the morning prayer, not only would they show up in a big group of whoever they were, but they had this special thing that they wore on their foreheads. And they were called phylacteries. Say that, phylacteries. I love that word. (laughs) And what it was was a box. And in that box, they kept scriptures inside and they put it on their heads see what they did is they took literally the passage in Deuteronomy that says take God's word and bind it on your foreheads so they put God's word inside these little boxes they were tied around one time I actually preached a message like this to our church and I had someone make me a phylactery and I wore it the whole time I was pretty distracting I think to everyone but you can imagine so here they are they come with God's word right there and they're telling Jesus what he should do and not do and you know who Jesus is he is the word made flesh and there they are because it's only up here because it's only tradition because it hasn't transformed their heart because not only does that scripture in Deuteronomy say take God's word and bind it on your foreheads But it also says, these words shall be upon your heart. You see, we don't just read the word. We allow God's word to read us right in front of them. Their very eyes was the word, and they missed it. I think all of us can do that, so this isn't just the criticism of Pharisees. We can all get there. So why do we allow God's word to read us? I want to give you three things. The reason behind And there's many more, but I'm just going to give you three reasons why we allow God's word to read us. And we read some of them, but we're going to break it down a little bit. The first thing, we will receive wisdom beyond our years. Think about that. What does that mean? That means you do not, I do not have enough years to get enough wisdom. You can live to 90, 100, and you will never have enough experience to have all the wisdom that you need. Now listen, I know we should learn from experience. Okay, here's a confession. Yesterday I got into a fender bender, and it was my fault. I hope this isn't going to the insurance company today, but I'm being honest, it was my fault. I came to an intersection. I'm going to make a left turn. There was a light there car in front of me, the light was, they don't have this in New England, so they have them in Florida, blinking yellow, which means go if you can. And I thought they could. 
and they thought they could. And then they decided they couldn't. And by then, I thought they could and I could. And I got too close, and I couldn't, and I hit them. And that was an experience that I do not want to repeat. Right? We learn from experience. It's good to learn from experience, but you will never have, I will never have enough experience. Have you ever said to your kids, oh, don't do that because I did that and you don't want to go there. And most of the time they're like, um, we're going to still have our own experience. That's not a good way to learn. Do you know it's better to learn from other people's experience than your own? Right? If I was to like run as fast as I could right now into that wall, guess what I would find out? The wall is hard and my nose is soft. And that's not a good thing. And I would never do it again. But you know what it would be even better? I would say, I saw someone else do that and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we learn and we get wisdom from other people's experience. So when the scripture says here that I have more wisdom, more insight than all my teachers, why is that? Because you receive wisdom beyond your years. You take the wisdom that others have harvested from years of mistakes and pains and victories and successes. What if we took 400 of the best leaders of the ages, right? They're right in here. You took a look at all they went through, and then you asked, Lord, Lord, read me, speak to me. You're going to have wisdom beyond your years. Because you've got the wisdom of the ages. That's what God did, does with the Bible. He takes all these characters. And by the way, aren't you glad that the ones we read about are human beings? Right? Even Jesus emptied himself and became a man. So we can read all these things. And I love this about the Bible. He doesn't fancy them up. He doesn't airbrush stories. No, we see the sins of David. We see the lusts of Samson. We see the running away of Jonah. We see the fear of Peter. We see the struggles and the challenges that Paul had. Oh, Lord, look at that. All of that wisdom. All of that experience. And we get to apply it to our heart. That's the first thing. Second thing. We will mature in adversity. The Bible says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. You see, when the word is in our heart, it's like, it's like a weight in the keel of a boat so that you will be able to cut through cross currents instead of being tossed to and fro. Any of you ever get weary? Come on, be, be honest. Just three or four of us. Okay, we all get weary, don't we? You know what God's word does? In the weariness, in the suffering, in the challenge, in the struggle, in the heartache, in the pain, he matures us even in adversity. He heals us back to him. I don't know about you, but the times that I have grown the most in my life were not the easy times. They were the hard ones. Our souls are going to get weary. Maybe in a marriage relationship, in ministry, in life, in work, God heals you back to Him and you're renewed. You know why? Because He doesn't want us to just drop out. 
doesn't want us just to be victims, but he wants to renew us. So it's not really so much about being weary in life. We will grow weary. The reality is that he is with us, and his word brings healing and life to us. And here's the third thing. We will become nourished and healthy. I love Pastor Tony was talking about last week. He said, he asked us, he challenged us, how many of us eat one meal a week? No. How many of us eat one meal a day? Probably, I mean, I don't want to miss one of my three meals and snacks in between. Right? <laughs> we won't eat, we, won't, we don't treat our life like, we don't just like, oh, you know, here's a little bit, I'm going to prepare for this one feast, one day a week. No. That's why, this, you know what this is called? Daily, anyone know the answer? Bread. This is the best carbs ever. I mean, I don't know about you, I love carbs. Oh, ask my wife. She's trying to get me off salad again. What about the garlic knots that go with it? What about the sourdough bread? What about my toast? What about my pasta? <laughs> carbs, right? This is daily bread. Oh, and it nourishes. It nourishes us. It makes us healthy. Because if we don't eat our three meals a day in regular life, we get mad. We get hangry, right? And the same way, your soul gets hangry. Have you ever found that? Think about it. It's true. You miss a day, you know about it. You miss a couple of days, your spouse knows about it. You miss a week, everyone around you knows about it. <laughs> right? You become that way. And yet so many times, we see the Bible on the shelf. There it is. Oh, we believe in that. Ah, everything in that book is true. Ah, there's so many scriptures that I remember. You know, so many things that I know of. And yet, we kind of come to it like as leftovers. I, I like leftovers, do you? But you know, one of the most disappointing things is, is when I go to get that leftover, you know, and I'm like planning on enjoying and remember, and I realize it's been in that fridge for a week and a half, and it's got mold on it by now. It's like disappointing. I really wanted that chicken parm again. No, no, you ain't going to eat it now. It's leftovers. It's bad. Well, it's funny because that kind of happened with God's people. There's a story in the scripture when they were coming out of Egypt and God provided for them something called manna. Do you know what the word manna means? It means this. What is it? Question mark. That's what it means. Because they had never seen it before. So they just said, well, let's just call it, what is it? <laughs> and every morning, God gave them. It was good. It was tasty. It was food from heaven. But this is what he said to them. Every morning, I'm going to give you daily bread, fresh manna. And you go out, you get it, and you prepare it, and it's there for you for the full day. But then, the next morning, you do it again. And again, and again. And it's only on the day before the Sabbath that you can take enough for another day because I don't want you to work and I want you to rest and I don't provide enough. Some of the people, they kind of said, mm, we're going to kind of do it our way instead. We're going to, there's so much here, there's so much extra. And they began to store it up and think, well, I'm going to have enough for the next day. And they go to get it the next day and it's 
covered with maggots. Ugh. Because why? God was making a point. Rely on me every day. Come to me every day for fresh manna. Fresh manna. That's what he wants from us because it will cause us to become nourished and healthy. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm going to close with this. When I was in college, I took guitar lessons. And I did that because I really wanted to learn to play the guitar. And so I can play the guitar, although I don't think I've played in at least a year. So now I'm not near as... I wasn't very good to begin with. Now I'm really not good. <laughs> but I remember in college taking those guitar lessons. And um, I had this instructor. And once a week, I would sit with her in the uh, music, music room at the college. She would teach me chords. And then she would give me work to do. And I'd come back. And over the course of several months, I started to learn and play the guitar. After about a year, it was like, wow, I'm getting to know this, and use that later on to lead worship in our small group, and even in our family times around together, but, you know, it was only once a week, and I think, what would it have been like if I met with that instructor every day? What would it have been like if I met with not just that instructor, but like one of the greatest guitar players of all time every morning? And I just, they taught, and they spent you know, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours with me, and they showed me how, and every day, you know what would happen? When I would be playing guitar somewhere, people would say, wow, you're really good. How did you learn that? Oh, I had lessons. Oh, no, they'd say, no, there's something else. Oh, yeah, sometimes I practice. No, no, there's something else. Or, well, you know, sometimes I'll go on YouTube and see some technique. No, 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 it's more than that. It's like you have been with a master. You've been with a master. I'd be like, wow, okay. Think about this. As we meet with God in his word every day, people are going to come to you, you know what they're going to say? Didn't you just go through something really, really hard? How is it that your attitude and your faith is like, Oh, well, you know, I got, I'm a Christian. Oh, no. Believe me, I know a lot of Christians. They're not like you. Well, well, I go to church on Sunday, and yeah, that's, I don't think that's it. Because the way that you even respond to people who are against you, or the way that you express love, or it's even on your countenance. I can just see something different about you. What is it? It's like you've been with the Master. And he's rubbed off on you. He's changed you. His word isn't just here. You're not just reading it. It is reading you. That's what I want for all of us. Oh, that's what I'm striving for. I pray that for you individually, for this church. God is going to do that. We just have to be open. Just got to come to him. And know that he loves us when we're there. Let's pray together. Pastor Tony, if you would come. and Lord God, I thank you for this congregation, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we are a people that believe in your word. And that's, it's got to start there, Lord. We have to know that your word is your word. 
But Lord, I pray that you will continue to take us from glory to glory in this, from shallow to deep, Lord. Bring us to deeper places to allow your word to read us, to work in us, to change our hearts. Lord, your word is a love letter to us. Let us see it that way, meditating on it, spending time with you, because that's what we are. We're not just spending time with a book. We're spending time with Jesus, the word made flesh. Help us in this, Lord God. Encourage us. Give us hunger for your daily bread. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, Pastor. You guys appreciate this great word from Peter this morning. <clears throat> Thank you, Peter. Terrific. Really enjoyed that. Are we making you hungry? Not for chicken parmesan and garlic bread, although that was working me too, to be honest with you. We want to make, this, this is the purpose of the last several weeks, we want to um, grow your appetite for God's Word because it truly is tasty and nourishing and strengthening. It is life, as, as Peter shared. And so um, if, if you haven't, by the way, we've been mentioning this uh, 90 days in the New Testament, or, or in the New Testament uh, reading challenge over the last few weeks. If you have not jumped in on that yet, you still have time. We've been in this for about a week now. So if you don't have the version app on your phone or on some other device, you have to download that first. But if you can get that on your phone, you can read through the New Testament with all of us as a group. There's a ton of people on there already. And uh, we're not only reading through, but we're sharing insights that we feel like the Holy Spirit is giving us each day. It's just really an enriching experience. And I challenge you, I encourage you to do that. Sit down at the table with us and have a meal every day. It's us and Jesus, the Holy Spirit's guiding us. Uh, I need somebody who's online or one of you, if you don't mind, to grab the link maybe from last week's teaching. If you want to go on last week's video on Facebook, copy-paste that link. If someone would help me, I sure would appreciate it. And then uh, paste it into the feed for this week. That way, anybody who hasn't jumped on board with us, all you got to do is click that link. The next thing you know, you'll be in this uh, group chat, this group experience and, uh, that I think will be very helpful for you. And uh, I hope you will jump on board with us. Are you glad you're here today? Amen.